from the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School. This is Career Talk on Business Radio. Here is your host, Dr. Don Graham. Welcome to Career Talk, your career insider. We are here on Business Radio. We are powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM, Channel 111. Hey, if it is noon on Thursday, Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, we are taking your calls right now at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. I'm the career director for the Wharton MBA program for executives here in Philadelphia. I'm also a licensed psychologist and former corporate recruiter. Dream Team is in studio today. Michelle and Dion manning the phones, 844-WARDEN, 844-942-7866. So give us a call right now and get in the queue. We'd love to hear from you on Career Talk. So, hey, are you a graduate having no luck with your job search? Or maybe you've landed your job and you want to make the best impact that you can in your new position. Well, today we are celebrating all of our new graduates with the best advice for getting a job as well as if you have one, how to catapult your career. So you are tuning in to Career Talk. You're on the right channel. We want to hear from you, 844-844-942-7866. And to help us with this topic today, we welcome Beth Hendler-Grunt, the president of Next Great Step, a New York City-based provider of career counseling to college graduates. Leveraging that's a tough word to say. Leveraging and scaling her corporate experience, Beth helps students to succeed in the workplace, and we're excited to have her in studio today. Welcome, Beth. Thank you so much for having me. So we're excited to have you on Career Talk, and I noticed when I was looking at your bio, you um, graduated from my alma mater. You have your MBA from Seton Hall. Yes, I do. That's where I did my undergrad in psychology. So, Oh, great. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, go Pirates. Um, so... Next Great Step, what inspired you to start this company? Next Great Step was inspired by the job that I had previous to this, which was three years ago. I was a consultant working for um, helping companies to provide a strategy and improve their sales for their company. And what things executives would constantly say to us was that they were struggling. They wanted to bring in talent that was right out of college, but they felt that there was this disconnect that students didn't understand how to articulate their value and they didn't know how to offer value in the workplace and the executives were not as excited about bringing them on. And then likewise, I had friends and family who had students coming out of school saying, I don't understand. I had a great education. I thought I did all the right things and I can't get a job. So I brought a lot of the techniques from my consulting world and developed Next Great Step. Which is, which is awesome because I think we've all been in that space where we go to college, we go to, we take classes, we do all these things and we have no idea then how to go through the job search process because we're not really given those specific skills or we're not really taught how to necessarily apply some of the things we learn in the classroom. So it sounds like that's what your company does. It kind of fills that gap. Absolutely. We help students understand this process. They were in school for 16 years with a syllabus and they were told every day where to go and what to do. And now looking for a job, the rules are not quite so clear. So we are helping them with some guidelines and structure of how to move forward and how to present themselves and really offer value to an employer as opposed to saying you're great at something that you can really help someone be successful. Now, does Next Great Step market to actually employers or do you do you market to individuals? So, so who would hire you? So the people that hire us are actually parents okay. who are worried about their student or their grad because they either feel that they've tried to try to get jobs on their own or parents try to give advice and they don't always listen. It's hard. I actually have a college student, so I know that it's sometimes they don't always take your advice. But really, parents come to us seeking guidance for their student. I also work with some universities. I also do some speaking. But really, it's the it's the parents who come to us saying, help us because I'm not sure how I can help my student anymore. They haven't mm-hmm. been working in a, you know, they haven't had the search themselves in a long time. So they're not sure how to help their yeah, student. That's a really great point because the job search has changed. So maybe as a parent, when you went through your last job search, you applied online or even, even to the classifieds, you know, it depends <laughs> on how long ago you've searched and it's very different now. I mean, social media is playing a big role and, you know, the online applications there, I mean, the, the internet is saturated. So you really have to learn to stand out and sometimes 
parents just don't know what the newest and latest and greatest techniques. I mean, one-way video bios and interviews via text and yes. and all of these new strategies that, that we're all just learning about. It's really difficult to give advice when you've not gone through that. The flip side of that or the other side is that you know sometimes parents give great advice and students just can't hear it from their parents. So that in comes Beth to yes. give the same advice where the student's like, why didn't you tell me that, mom? <laughs> you know, most parents actually have some great advice. It's just that it's coming from the parent or the mom or the dad. So I, what I like to think is that I have some really nice tools and techniques that help students in a really practical, easy way. And I'm also a mom and I understand the dynamics of how to talk to students. So if we have parents out there who, who want to to learn more about Next Great Step, Beth, where, where can they go? Great. Well, they could visit our website at nextgreatstep.com. And actually, you can download, there's a free five-tip checklist of things that your student can do right now to help them land the job. So I invite you to get that. But uh, nextgreatstep.com, and you can learn about our services and how we can support and help your student to be successful. Yeah. And if you have a question right now, we're live on air. So you can actually ask Beth right in the moment. You're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 111. We are taking our calls right now at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. If you are a parent of a new grad who is still looking for employment or maybe they've just started and they want to know how they can excel in their new job, we're here to talk about great tips for that new grad. Or if you're maybe a new grad yourself, we'd love to hear from you. 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Maybe you've got some awesome tips to share on how you've landed. So, um, you know, Beth, here we are in, in 2000. 2018, what are the, the current trends in hiring new graduates? So the trends that I'm seeing is that employers see a lot of candidates. And the good news right now, the market is definitely on the upswing. But the challenge is that students are not always differentiating themselves because you come out of school and you look very similar on paper with the same degree or same school, same major. And what employers are hoping for you to do is to really differentiate yourself. And how you do that is not just telling how you can offer your skills, but how you can actually solve a problem for the employer, how you can help them to make money or save money or really help them you know, create some efficiency. It's having students think beyond, well, I'm here and I went to school and that hopefully that would be enough, that it's, it's still competitive and employers want students to really demonstrate the value that they have, because that's also how students stand out. So if you want a little secret about how you can compete. We love secrets. We love secrets, want the Beth. secret of how students, or if you are a parent listening and you want to help them compete, it's think about what is important to that employer or that company and how they accomplish, what is their measure of success. And if you can find a way to help them be a little bit more successful or make them more efficient or achieve things and achieve their goals, that's what they're looking for. They want you to present that, and that's what makes you stand out. So being very specific to your audience. So one, you have to know your audience. And the great news is in today's day and age, it's really easy to research a company, find out what their pain points are, find yes. out, I mean, everything from their you know financial statements, if they're a public company, to who is at the company through LinkedIn. So right. we are very fortunate to be in a, in a day and age where we can research that. So there's no excuse for not knowing that. But then what you're saying, Beth, is taking it a step further by then looking at your own skill set and saying, how can I, now that I understand my audience, solve their pain points with the skills I bring to the table? Do you, do you have an example to kind of really bring it home for, for parents or students who are thinking, yeah, I want to I help my coach my, my college grad on this, but I'm not really sure what to say? Sure. So I had a young woman who... Um, had great uh, sales skills and she knew how to sell and market and she felt really good about that. And she was competing and got to the fourth round of interviews. It was very, very difficult. But what she did was she said, not only do I think I have strong sales ability and my ability to communicate, but I know how to help you generate X, you know, 10% more revenue because I see this as an opportunity. I think I can help you grow in this market, a market that they were trying to get into. So she learned what was important to them and she said, okay, I'm going to help you accomplish that. Now, whether that actually happened or not, it's just the fact that you're 
that a candidate is putting yourself in the shoes of the employer, and that's what employers want to see, mm-hmm. that you're invested in helping them be successful because you in turn will be successful too. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Beth, is that an employer wants to know that you're interested in them specifically. So it's, it, you know, when they ask why our company or why this role or why our team, I think that's another great point that parents can coach their students on or if their students listening that you can make sure you include in your interview answers. Why this company? And it's that's not right. enough to say, well, Google's a great company or I'm really passionate about technology. So Facebook is, is something I Want, but something very specific, like like talk to people who work there, find out what's the culture like. What you know are their their internal moves and promotions a very key part of what they do. I mean, find out specifically so that you can say this is why I want to work at your company and how I can be an asset yeah, to it. Absolutely, absolutely. Eight four four Wharton eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. You're listening to Career Talk Sirius XM Channel one eleven. If you are a new grad and you've landed a job and you want Want to share your tips with others? We'd love to hear from you. Or maybe you are the parent of a student who is struggling to find work and you want some great advice to to share with your, your new graduate. We are here to help you on Career Talk. We're here with Beth Hendler-Grunt, the president of Next Great Step, a New York City-based provider of career coaching to college students, giving you all of our best tips for your college grad to learn to land a job in 2018. So we hear a lot, Beth, about... Um, underemployed that that are all of our new college grads are underemployed is this is this a, a true stat or is this maybe exaggerated a bit so there is a statistic actually the uh, New York Federal Reserve Bank just came out with that 30 to 40 percent of grads are underemployed so there's a reality that's okay I think what what students need to think about is if you get into a job and you're underemployed and you feel that you could be doing more, you want to think about how can I get everything I can out of this experience in terms of learning new skills? Can I network with people that maybe I've never met before? So instead of feeling like, hey, I wish I did better or I'm not where I want to be, that you need to just take everything and think of it as an opportunity as opposed to feeling like you're not where you wanted to go. So, um, you know, use the word network, and that's one of the things that, of course, we bring up on this show a lot. But I think that that word is is overused in the sense that we don't often define what it is. So as, as you know, maybe you're a college student and you feel like you're underemployed. Talk specifically, Beth, about how they can, can use that network to maybe get to the next level. Thank you for asking that, because so many students are struggling with that word as well because they don't know what to do. And there's this fear of if I call someone or reach out, what do I even say? So what I advise is let's take it in pieces. First thing you want to think about is, well, what are your own skills? Before you even pick up the phone or email or message someone, what do you want someone to know about you? And I like to think about what are your three core skills, the three things that you are the best at, the most competent, and you have examples that prove that you did it. So first, before you even network, take an inventory of of what you have to offer. I'm analytical. I'm a good writer. Um, One skill I would not say is hardworking. Everybody says I'm hardworking. So that's great, but it's hard to differentiate yourself if you say that. But pick your skills. Then target very specific people. Say, okay, I am... Uh, a good writer. I'm in journalism. I want to pursue something where I want to get into writing or some kind of um, content writing. So identify people that have a job that you would want. Now, normally they think, well, why would I do that? Because these people can talk to you and tell you about what it's actually like to be there versus you guessing or looking on the internet. And the best people to do that, especially when you're at school, is alumni because they tend to be the most friendly, the most sympathetic, and everyone well, everyone needed a job when they graduated, mm-hmm. so they tend to be welcoming. So know your skills, find an alumni who has a job, usually someone maybe recent grad, And then talk to them about the skills you have and what you're looking for and ask really good questions about what they do and how they measure success and how you could, you know, the challenges they find and then see if they can link you to someone else. So you can't call up and say, hello, will you hire me? Because they don't know you. You don't have a relationship. But if you demonstrate that you've taken the time to research them, that you have some skills and you ask some thoughtful questions, 
then they know what to do with you. And then they know what direction to introduce you to someone or connect you. And that's how I advise a network effectively. Like I love informational interviews that you can get a lot out of 20 minutes with someone on the phone and can really guide you and and direct you a lot further. So that's a term we hear a lot. And I'm sure a lot of um, new grads are being coached to do that. Go do an informational interview. And you're thinking, well, what is that? And how can I succeed in that? And you know, you brought up a lot of good tips, so I want to tease that apart, Beth, because I think I think one, it's important that you prepare. You need to do research. If the person has posted blogs, if the person is on Twitter, if the person has posted videos or written, um, you know, in a newspaper, things like that, find out as much as you can about that person because someone is not going to invest in you until you invest in them. So, so to not have done your homework today is is something that you know just would be an automatic kind of. <laughs> bad grade. Right. Um, and then, you know, secondly, ask for 20 minutes on the phone. It, people are busy. C- Coffee is going to be pretty difficult unless it's somebody who already knows you well or, you know, a family friend or something like that. But I mean, 20 minutes on the phone is something that most people can give. And then be prepared with two great questions. Because here's the thing. I think you can really impress somebody by the questions you ask when they're thoughtful and insightful and say, you know, I've, I've got two questions I want to cover in these 20 minutes that are really important to me. And those questions should not be, what do you think I should do? Because you don't need to put that pressure on somebody. They don't know you. They don't know what you should do. You need to figure that out. But those questions should really be, as you point out, Beth, relevant to what they do. I see you've been working in the data analytics field for four years. And, and based on your LinkedIn, you've just finished this big project. You know, I'm I, as somebody who's interested in the data analytics field with a background in engineering, you know, what do you think um, my next step would be? I mean, that is a similar question, but obviously much more well thought out. And obviously, if you come prepared, you're going to impress this person and they're going to get a good impression of you. And that's what you want. We talk about it on the show, Beth, as creating ambassadors. You want to leave an impression where somebody's like, hey, that person really invested. That person is really sharp. They put in the time and and I want to introduce them to somebody or I want to help them. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the goal of these informational meetings. So they do take some time. They do take Mm -hmm. some homework. And you know, some people will say no, but you have to keep picking up the phone and calling. Speaking of picking up the phone and calling, we're taking your calls live right here on Career Talk if it's noon Eastern on Thursday, 9 a.m. Pacific, 844-WARDEN, 844-942-7866. We're talking today about celebrating our new college grads, getting a job or catapulting your career if you're if you're just starting out in the world of work. And hey, if you are somebody who is hiring new grads and you have some good advice from the, the hiring manager perspective about how they can impress you in an interview, we'd love to hear from you. 844-WARDEN, 844-942-7866. 7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. And hey, exciting news. My first book, Switchers, How Smart Professionals Change Careers and Seize Success, is on sale for pre-order on Amazon.com. So hey, if you're considering a career change to a new industry or function, this book is written specifically for you. So Beth, let's um let's talk a little bit more about kind of these informational interviews and networking because I think I think you know people can get the structure of them. But there's still vulnerability. A lot of clients that I work see, I, I don't, you know, I feel embarrassed or, or, you know, to reach out and basically point out that I don't have a job yet. And, you know, all of my, my peers have jobs. And, you know, so how do people get over that piece of it, Beth? That's so common. I think even it's a general, I don't know if it's a generational thing, this fear of, well, what if they don't want to talk to me? I'm like, it's okay. There's someone else who will that this concept of grit, that it's it's okay. You just got to keep pushing through and it's not, not personal. But what I would tell them is, you know, be thoughtful about who you want to speak with. And I love LinkedIn as a tool. And one of the simple things that I advise students is when you want to connect with someone on LinkedIn, don't just connect the default, you know, connect and I'd like to connect with you. Write a little note in that connection saying, I noticed that we went to school together or I noticed that you had this job and I'm really interested in your role in sales planning. I'd like to learn more. Let's connect. So start off that you're, you've been thoughtful, you looked at their profile, that you're not, uh, you know, you're not just anybody that you actually really want to connect with them. And then once they accept then send another thoughtful note inside of LinkedIn, or now you have access to their email. You know, thanks so much for connecting. As I said earlier, I am also a fellow grad. I have 
I think I'm really strong in these particular skills. I'd like to learn more about your role and maybe I can understand more about what you do. Do you have a few minutes to, to speak over the phone and I'm available this day or this day? And that just helps you along of people are receptive. I think students and grads worry that they won't be. And I think they're sometimes shocked when I give the advice and they're like, wow, they actually responded. <laughs> said yes, people are willing to talk to you when you're thoughtful about how you reach out to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you don't hear back from them in two weeks, try one more time. Absolutely. I mean, you know, be persistent. People are busy. People forget people, you know, your email goes into the wrong folder. So, I mean, be persistent, be gracious, you know, hey, just just thought I'd follow up one more time to see if, if this might be something we can we can chat about. You know, and if they don't move on, there's lots of people out there. But I do think it's important to, to send an individual note to invest in them. And, you know, here's the thing. People who are, are new graduates, you know, if your friends have landed in companies, well, chances are those companies might be hiring other grads. So those are great people to connect with. Or if you have people around you who have great second level contacts, your second level contacts, their first level contacts, which could be your professors, it could be family friends, it could be neighbors, it could be your friends' parents. I mean, these people are all out there in the world of work connected to individuals who might be hiring. So these are all great people to talk to. And as you mentioned, Beth, be thoughtful, know what you want to say, know what your skills are. You talked a few minutes ago about knowing your, your top three skills and having examples. Make this part of your conversation. 844-WARDEN, 844-942-7866. We're here with Beth Hendler-Grunt, the president of Next Great Step, a New York City-based provider of career coaching for college students. So, okay, I have to give one piece of advice that, that this is a personal thing, but I please do not say, can I pick your brain? <laughs> please do not use the Those are like nails on a chalkboard for me. I don't know if you have one of those, Beth, that are just like, ah, don't say my my pet peeve is when uh, and this is my thing when students write to someone like hey hi and you don't know them you've never met them they're not your friends so just that level of being a little bit more formal and respectful and gracious as you just said and realizing that just because it's someone who said reach out to me they're not your buddy that you hang out with or go to the movies with so just to be a little bit more formal and professional is, is my so not yeah now hey hey Dion do you have something if somebody's reaching out to you do you have something like a phrase that just is like irks irks you I, th- I think just the hey what's up thing is is a bit much for me it's like it's kind of like a, like she was saying like I don't know you so you know give me give me something that 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 says you know this is a formal introduction or whatever he's like hey no we're we're, we're not friends so, so like something like Ambassador Dion yes. or, or King Dion. King, King I, I Dion. Like King. King if is you're great. reaching out to Dion and you want to work on radio, please be sure to use King Dion, and you will more, much more likely get a response. <laughs> Michelle, um, I would say, do you guys have any advice on the length these correspondences should be? Because I don't like it when someone writes me with a super long intro about themselves before we've had any kind of real contact. So is there anything about being succinct? That's a really great point, Michelle. I'm so glad you brought that up because I think there's a couple of things when you're trying to build a relationship here and, you know, sending a detailed dissertation about yourself, your resume and all this stuff, that does not build a relationship. That builds a wall. Beth, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, I agree. I agree. I have this philosophy about Uh, being very concise and very succinct. And I like to do things in threes where, you know, you want to say like three skills. These are the, I'm good at, I'm analytical. I'm good at research. I'm good at this. And I'd like to meet with you and be very, very concise because people don't, here's my philosophy. People don't read and they don't listen. Mm -hmm. So they're might not be reading your resume or they might not be reading the cover letter or they might not be listening to what you're saying unless you get to the point very quickly about what's in it for them. And and the point is you're not asking for a job. And once you put your resume forth, now it becomes about the job. You're asking to have an informational meeting or you're asking to you know, get to know them better. So I, I do think here's my general philosophy, whether it's for a job search or a work email. The longer your email, the longer the response is going to take because they either have to to watch a video or read a, an attachment or do you know a list of things. So the more you ask for it front, the, the longer... The, 
it's going to take to get a response or you might get no response because like I don't have time for that. I agree. I agree. (laughs) Too long. Didn't read. So um, (laughs) that's that's one. But two, I think the shorter, the better, because a lot of people read on their mobile phone. And when you're reading on your mobile phone, something that's even four or five sentences can look like 10 pages. I totally agree. Even when people say, I'd like to meet with you, let me know. I'm like, no, 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 you're making it too much work. Mm-hmm. Say I'm available this day or this day at this time so people can just pick one. So I try to get the as simple and easy for someone to respond. That is one of my favorite things that you just said, Beth. Do the work for them, whether it's your boss, whether it's the the person hiring you, whether it's your network contact, the more work you can do for them and make it easy for them, the more likely you are to get what it is you're seeking. I mean, period. Hey, you're listening to Career Talk, Sirius XM, Channel 111. We are talking about new grads and how to get a job and, and how to get ahead. But I think all these tips are, are useful for anyone, not just new grads. But if you are the parent of a new grad or you are a new grad yourself or maybe you're hiring new grads, we want to hear from you and get your input. 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Um, we are here with Beth from Next Great Steps. I keep wanting to say Great Next Steps, but Next Great <laughs> Steps. Um, and uh, Beth, tell us again how you can find out more about this organization. Sure. You can visit nextgreatstep.com. And if you want, just click on top and there are a checklist of five free tips of how to land that job right now. But nextgreatstep.com. Next Great Steps. Doc. Next great step. No S. One step. All right. <laughs> There's only one step to your next great job. Yeah. Wouldn't that be awesome? Eight four four Warden. Eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. You're listening to Career Talk, and if you'd like, you can also follow us on Twitter at Dr. Don Graham. We're going to go to Sherry in New Jersey. Welcome to the show, Sherry. What's on your mind today? Hi. Good afternoon. I was just wondering what is the difference between um, Dr. Graham's role as a director of career management versus um, using someone like Beth at Next Great Steps? Ooh, great question. Great question. Um, so, Beth, do you want to tackle this? Sure, I'll tackle that. So, Well, I think, and I, please correct me, uh, Dr. Dawn, <laughs> about your role, that she serves as a career uh, resource here at Penn for students, and I am a additional resource. So, my intent is not to replace career services. I love career services. Every student should go. The challenge is not every student goes. Or, I'll tell you too. Or they Beth, realize too late they should have gone. When I was an undergrad, you know, centuries ago, I did not have any idea that there was even a career center. In fact, I, I mean, you went to Seton Hall as well. That's where I did my undergrad. I think they have four or five career centers, but it was not even something that that was in my my like vision. So. You are correct. Yes. So um, I'm sorry to interrupt, but yeah. I had to point that out. Go to your career center. Go go to the career center. But he, here's what I think is happening as to when a student doesn't go, or if you'd like my two cents as to why they don't go, I can give you a, a little insight. And I, my son, who is a rising sophomore in college, uh, Brandon, and we spoke about this, about why students don't go to the career services one of the main reasons I think students are a little afraid. They're afraid that they're going to be asked the question, what do you want to do? And they don't <laughs> That's know. That's a scary question. And they don't know. And they're afraid to not have the answer because they think it's not realistic. They think that everyone around them has it figured out and they feel that, well, I don't have it figured out. So I don't want someone to tell me that I don't know what I'm doing. So I'll just avoid it at all costs. Um, and it's not the ideal thing to do. The other thing that I see is that Students spend so much effort getting into college that they're like, okay, I'm here. I made it. You know what? This will all work out. My family has friends. I'll make connections and somehow I'll get a job. And they don't realize maybe how hard that actually is. It doesn't always maybe happen as easily. And then there's some universities where I worked with the university. There was 20,000 liberal arts students and there's 16 counselors. So sometimes it's just a volume issue, but definitely go. Definitely go. Take advantage of all the services. But if you feel that after you've gone or you've gotten out or even while you're still looking for your internship and that you are struggling or don't feel like you have the attention that you need, then I could lend some additional support. Mm -hmm. Sherry, are you currently looking for a job? 
No, but I have a rising sophomore as well attending college, and I know it's always in the back of his mind that it is a little intimidating maybe to walk into his career services office and who can he sit down and have a one-on-one with. Someone like Beth seems like a really great alternative. Well, well, thank you. (laughs) I appreciate that, and you can go to my website and check it out, and we can connect. I'd be happy to speak to you further. But, you know, I always encourage both is really good. I think I can give more of that hand-holding, but there's a lot of resources. You know, it's the only time in your entire life that employers actually come looking for you when you're in college, and they come through the Career Services Center to make that happen. So go, because that's when it's the only time that will happen. And then once you're out, it's a lot, it's harder. So Yeah. And I, I would imagine, um, you know, Beth, that you and I do a lot of the, the same things in terms of helping people create their brand and their story and figure out what they want to do and resumes and LinkedIn and interview prep and how to negotiate. Um, and so and so I would say that, you know, the, the reason that both would be helpful, Sherry, is because I think the, the one thing that the Career Center has is they might do job fairs or they might have, you know, access to internships and things of that nature. And, and, you know, Beth's role can help your student get ready for those and prepare for those interviews and show up to be the most competitive person there. Um, but those events on school campus uh, are usually things that, that students don't even realize are happening. So a quick meeting with the Career Center might open up, you know, your students' eyes to all of these events that are right there that, that are really helpful to getting that next job. Thank you so much for giving us a call on Career Talk, Sherry. We really appreciate it. And good luck to um, your your rising sophomore, Hugh. And, and Beth will say that uh, probably should be looking for internships right now, right? Yeah. So <laughs> one thing that I want, you know, if you have a, a student that's in college that has not graduated yet, the summer is the best time to start thinking about what you want to do the following year. And I think one of the things that parents say to me that they didn't realize how early the process starts. A lot of students don't realize that when you come back to school that first or second week in September, that the, that's when the career fair is. That's mm-hmm. when the recruiters are on campus. But sometimes students are so distracted with school and getting started that they're not going. But a lot of recruiters make decisions about summer internships by October, November. Mm-hmm. Now, you can still get I'm not saying that you can't get an internship later in the year, but the earlier, the better. So the, the more, earlier, the better. The more you can do, even starting from freshman year, just a little bit. If you just, you know, try to get your resume together, test out going to the career fair. You don't have to talk to everyone, but get a feel for what it's like to talk about yourself. See who's there. Kids are very intimidated by it because there's long lines and they're not sure how to, who to talk to and whether it's worthwhile. But the earlier you, you start and do a little bit every year, the better you will better off you will be. You are listening to Career Talk, Sirius XM, Channel 111, and now it's time for our pre-break quiz. Quiz. There's a quiz? When Harrison Ford was hired for the role of Han Solo, he was currently employed doing this. You think you know? 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 111. We'll be right back. You're listening to Career Talk on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here again is Dr. Don Brown. Welcome back to Career Talk, your career insider. We are in business radio, and we are powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM, Channel 111. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and hey, my new book, Switchers, How Smart Professionals Change Careers and See Success, is on sale for pre-order on Amazon. So go grab your copy today if you're a switcher. It's written specifically for you, and we are here on Career Talk Today with Beth Hendler-Grunt, the president of Next Great Step, a New York City-based provider of career coaching to college graduates. And we are going to dive in right to our calls. Connie in Pennsylvania, welcome to the show today. What's on your mind? Well, thanks for taking the call. I receive letters from students either applying for a scholarship or a position. And when I see letters coming in, Someone earlier talked about nails on a blackboard. Uh, I'd like to add one. <laughs> that would be when students start out a letter 
Hi, my name is. Ooh, so so you hire you hire people, and one of your kind of pet peeves is when somebody writes, "Hi, my name is," in a in an email or a cover letter, or both. It could be either. Mm-hmm. So yeah. why why do you why do you not like that, Connie? Well, it's redundant. At the end of the letter <laughs> is their information. Uh, the the other part of writing a, a, a wonderful letter is to start the letter with you or your. So, for example, you know, your company does this, or your scholarship, or you have been successful in, and therefore I would like to be uh, able to help your business. So. Those are the two things, not starting a letter with, hi, my name is, because it's redundant. The second thing, to your points on professionalism and showing respect, start out by talking about the person to whom the letter is being sent or the email. Okay. So this, so a couple of things I want to point out, because I think, one, you bring up cover letters, and there's a lot of questions out there, Connie, about do we even need cover letters still? And I think the answer is absolutely yes. Yep. Um, not everybody's going to read them, but you don't want to be caught with the person who wants a cover letter and you don't have one. So I think I think that's step one. And then step two is now let's talk about the mechanics. So, Beth, what, what are your thoughts on what Connie is sharing? I agree about thinking about the other person. You always want to jump into, I saw that your company is trying to achieve this goal and I want to help you get there. So make it about them, not about you, whether it's in your writing, whether it's in how you communicate yourself, because that's what I think, Connie, you're reinforcing that employers want to hear that candidates want to be, you want them to be interested in you. And the more that you can show that you put yourself in their shoes, the better chances you have that someone will respond to that. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of the challenge with a cover letter because you're thinking, well, it's about me, but it's, 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 it is and it isn't. It's about you in context of what you can do for that company. So it's, and that's why we talk to students and, and, you know, people in a job search about not putting an objective on because an objective on a resume is about you, not about the company. And what they want to know is, hey, what can you do? What value do you bring to us? One of the things I want to point out, Connie, that I, you've kind of made me think of a, my cover letter pet peeve. I didn't even realize I had one, but I do. And that is, please accept my my resume in response to job A, B, C, D, E. Like, again, it's not actually redundant, but it's boring and it's it's just boring. So I think starting your cover letter with something that's eye-catching, and that could be about the person. So it could be your company. It could be about maybe a contact you know at the company. It could be an interesting statistic or quote or something that, you know – that really kind of grabs them and makes them want to read this letter versus please see my resume attached. Like, again, that actually is kind of redundant because, of course, your resume is attached. But, Connie, that is great advice. Any other advice for our our new graduates out there who are looking for a job? Uh, Never give up. Uh, In sales, Mm. and I've had experience with that in sales, more than 90% of the time when a salesperson is rejected by not either getting an appointment or getting the person to whom they are calling, they don't call back. And they they eliminate the possibility of being able to show how, um, I hate to say persistent, but interested they would be. So by not calling back and continuing to pursue whatever it is in which they're interested, why uh, they've done themselves a disservice. So um, never give up. Never give up. Great, great advice. Thank you so much for calling the show, Connie, and for your great advice for our, our new grads and anybody. Never give up. Uh, you're listening to Career Talk, Sirius XM Channel 111. We're taking your calls all hour long at 844-WARDEN, 844-942-7866. If it's Thursday, noon Eastern, we are live. And hey, I want to share a resource um, with all of our job seekers right now that was sent in from a listener. Richard in Virginia has shared 80,000hours.org, which provides career advice for young professionals who want to have a social impact in their career. So right now they focus on ambitious graduates in their 20s and 30s. And Richard shares that his primary experience with 80,000hours.org is consuming their career guide, which he finds exquisitely curated. So, hey, you want another resource and you're interested in social impact? Check out 80,000hours.org. You're listening to Career Talk, Sirius XM, Channel 111. We are going to answer our pre-break quiz. When Harrison Ford was hired for the role of Han Solo... He is currently employed doing this, Dion. Okay, 
So here's my thought process. Yes. He probably went from like a rags to riches type of thing. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm guessing. Um, so I'm going to say he was pumping gas. Ooh. <laughs> He's pumping gas. Phil's laughing at me. <laughs> That's what I'm going with. He was, he was pumping gas. No. Oh. <laughs> he might have earlier in his career, but that's not what he's he doing. He could have been pumping. He could have been pumping. I could. I think he would be good at that. I don't I know why. So like I just. I, 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 don't know. I have no idea. I'm just why. glad the the question went where it was going because when you said Star Wars, I got nervous. Oh, okay. I've never. No. You, you've ne- never. wait, wait. <laughs> you have never seen Star. Wait. I, I saw. Space she balls. can't even say the sentence. I can't even <laughs> say. You've never seen Star Wars. No. Holy Hannah. I mean, I saw Spaceballs, so that, that's got to count for something. No. That was a great movie. Spaceballs. That was a great movie. <laughs> All the lines that I'm thinking of from Spaceballs are so inappropriate to say on our PG-13, PG-13. show. And it's not even that, like, racy of a movie, but every line that's coming yeah, to my head are, are not, they're, they're not good. All right, I think this is going down a darn dark path michelle do you have a do you have an answer i i think dion's right it has to be something very generic um he wasn't obviously he wasn't like sending out headshots or something because that would be too obvious so i'm gonna say he was a janitor Ooh, he was not a janitor um but um but he was young right this is a long he was young yeah you know how old he is now does anyone know 70 something 75 yeah Holy Hannah. Yeah. You've never seen Star Wars, Dion? I no. just saw it for the first time about oh a month my ago. Well, oh, my God. Oh, my God. as bad as I am. Yeah, yeah. that is pretty bad. <laughs> there's, there's like 80 episodes now. I know. Now. I've only you, seen the first one. You have a lot of or catching up four. to do. <laughs> I feel like the more they make them, the, 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 the less I'm interested. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's, you're saturating the market. <laughs> I did like it. I have to say, I was impressed. I'm not interested. All right. Give it a try, Dion. All right. I, I can't even. I can't even. Carol, Carol in New Jersey. Um, when Harrison Ford was hired for the role of Han Solo, he was currently employed doing what? He was a carpenter. He was a carpenter. And please, Carol, tell me you've seen Star Wars. I haven't. See? <laughs> oh, my we're, we're, God. We're the majority. No. <laughs> no. I saw little bits of it, but not the whole thing. Little but bits I of saw- it. A documentary about the writer Joan Didion, and there he was, being a carpenter, building her house in California. So, so you're not even a fan. You just happen to see a documentary. I will, I will watch it now, okay? Wait. You, I, I just not, not right now, because you're listening to the show. Yeah, not right now. But you, <laughs> the, right, the, today. Yeah, the fact that you've, you've seen this documentary, and like and like Harrison Ford was in the background sawing something, and that's how you know the quiz answer is like blowing my mind. That is too funny. Well, thank you. Thank you, Carol. Um, You have a to-do for for basically this entire weekend. You have lots of episodes to catch up on um, for Star Wars. But yes, Harrison Ford was a carpenter. And my point of this quiz question, because Dion, you always ask me if it relates to the topic. And it kind of does, because my point was everybody starts someplace. And while there might be a lot of people out there who are just starting in the world, feeling like I'm underemployed, I'm not yet in my dream job. Well, you know what? You got to start someplace. 844-WARTON, 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM. And so, Beth, let's talk about people who are starting in their role and they they want to kind of catapult and get ahead. So, you know, when we're in school and we, we want to be whatever it is we want to be, an accountant, a writer, a, you know, any of these things, we see ourselves kind of 10 years in, like doing doing the job in the corner office. But obviously we don't start there. So what are some, some things people can be doing now early in their career to get ahead and fast track? Great question. So... One of the things, yes, I agree. People want to feel like they have, they're making an impact. That's something very common with grads. They want to feel they're doing something that's important. But you have to start somewhere. And the things that they can do right now is, first of all, show up to work every day on time and do what you're supposed to. And sometimes it's not so glamorous. It may not feel so exciting, but you need to persevere. And that was one of the things that we talked about earlier of just you have to do what you need to, and you, but you need to think about how can I get other experiences? And one of the things I encourage new grads to is make sure that you are meeting with your boss and that 
not only are they sharing expectations with you, but you share your expectations with them. That if you would like to learn a new skill or get exposure to client interaction, that you need to share that and let people know around you that you want these experiences because that's what makes them happen. If you just keep it to yourself and hope that someone will tap you on the shoulder for it, it doesn't necessarily happen. The part about speaking up and advocating for yourself continues throughout your career. If you want to get promoted, if you want to be consistent, Considered, you need to let people know the good work that you're doing. I had a student, he was actually uh, working as a research assistant at uh, in Stanford, but he had two different bosses and one wanted one thing, one wanted another, and he felt very pulled and like he wasn't doing a good job. And I said, well, did you ask their expectations of you? He's like, no, I'm not sure what their expectations are. So you need to also just continue to communicate with your manager. Sometimes you need to manage your manager in mm-hmm. terms of how you progress and making sure that you're meeting expectations and you're on track. And I think the more that you continue to communicate is helpful. I think also networking inside the job is really, really valuable of meeting people in different departments, different areas, just learning what they do, because that's how you get exposure to other opportunities and really making the most of it. Be a sponge, be curious, ask questions, show up and and try things out, take risks. We're going to go to David in Alabama. David, welcome to Career Talk. What's on your mind today? Well, first of all, I knew it was a carpenter, too. Oh, you did? You knew it was a carpenter? And I didn't Google it. I didn't Google it. But but please, David, please, David, tell me you you have seen Star Wars. Yes, I have seen Star Wars. David. But not all of them. All right, that's okay. But like like the three that came out like in the The seventh. The three that count. Yes, the three that matter. The three that matter. Okay. You've just become my favorite person in the last five minutes, so. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I know you have a question, David, so we digress. That was my life goal. Yeah. Um, (laughs) That was sarcastic. I have a uh, daughter who is an accounting major, and um, my question is, and this may, I have two questions, kind of. One is, does it really matter? You know, what, what's it matter about what, what school you attend? Uh, and then, what's what about grades? I mean, I never hear anybody. I listen to your show quite often. When I, I, I really enjoy it, by the way. But I'm just curious. Thank you. Um, does it matter if you're a 4.0 student or a 3.0 student? I mean, what what are when people are looking to hire? How much weight do they put on grades? And I'm sure based on occupation, it changes. But in accounting, I'm thinking for her sake. Does she have good grades, David? Yeah, she has good grades. That's why I'm asking. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you're like, promote yeah. the grades, promote the grades. Um, <laughs> no, Beth- I'm just curious because because she may be weaker in these other areas. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering. So she drills down because, you know, they obviously can choose to how they're going to spend their time in college. You know, maybe they need to spend more time being more networking and less on grades or, you know, what, you know, whether kids are driven to be straight A students and they just got their head down and they're being straight A students. So I'm just kind of curious about the mix. Yeah, that's a really, really insightful question. Um, David, Beth, what are your thoughts? So my thought about grades are you need to do the best that you possibly can. There's no question that certain employers will use grades as a threshold as to whether they even consider interviewing you. It's just a fact. And it's, it's sometimes, you know, especially like in finance, like they might want a three, five and it doesn't matter where or how or what the reasons are. Sometimes some employers do use that as a gate and it's hard to get around that. However, just because they use it as a gate for you to an interview with them in school doesn't mean you can, can't bypass that once you graduate and still go back to them and interview. So it's not an end all. I do think it is really important to know how to talk to people. I work with a lot of students. I have, you know, wonderful students who might be engineering, science, all the STEM that everyone's told that they need to go study, but they have a hard time connecting and talking to people and sharing what they have to offer. So you can have the best grades and coming from a great school, but if you can't communicate the value that you can bring to that employer, it's going to be really challenging. So I think there's a balance. You need to study hard. You need to network. You need to be able to talk about yourself in a really concise and articulate way. And I think, you know, that together um, is valuable. And just a quick answer about school. Does it matter which schools? If you go back, if you look on, you know, LinkedIn or look up the top 50 executives in the country, they went to a lot of different schools and they're not necessarily, you know, the Ivy. It's a a wide range. I think you just need to work really hard wherever you're at because people go places for different reasons, for financial reasons or the right major. You know, I think you just need to put in your effort wherever you are at. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I agree with that. I think playing up your strengths and knowing your audience is really important because, I mean, even if you're at an Ivy, you know, I obviously I coach students, students at an Ivy and, you know, sometimes they get, you know, they don't, they get overlooked because companies just assume they're going to be too expensive. So, I mean, I think every every student has their challenges in different ways. And, you know, something that I'm, I'm curious about, Beth, is, you know, David kind of alluded to, should you be more well-rounded? And is it okay to sacrifice grades maybe if you're on the student government? Or, you know, how are some of these things important? I think that if it's something that you are passionate about and that you're learning the skill from, I mean, like student athletes. I mean, being an athlete at school or Mm -hmm. anything you commit to takes so much time. But you know what you learn from being a student athlete or anything that you know how to persevere and you have discipline and you understand how to balance a lot of time constraints, which is a a skill into itself. So I think um, just knowing how to explain that to someone, I don't, I'm not going to say do one versus the other. If you feel that, you know, student government is a passion because you want to go into politics and you think that will give you the experience and the skills to lead you into a life of in public policy, then then do it. You know, follow what you feel you're you're good at and what it gets excited about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and to play that up, I think that's the important takeaway, David, is is to understand your audience and what's important to them. Understand your strengths in relation to that audience, and then be able to communicate that succinctly. And if it's grades and your your um you know your students great in school, then talk about that and talk about how that applies to the company. So it's not good enough that y- you have good grades, but it's it's you know what is it that got you to that point? Perseverance or you have good um, research abilities or, you know, what are those skills that can be applicable to the real world is what I think, um, you know, your daughter is going to want to make sure that she communicates. And, you know, look, everybody, you can't do it all. So if if you're lacking in an area, I mean, you just, you don't focus on that or you have a response that you can say, you know, here's where, um, here's how I can close that gap. I mean, everybody has that, but I, is your daughter in a job search, David? Well, she's uh, just in junior, but she's been going. They've been having some, um, you know, some meeting greets with like I think she's be lining up a uh, internship next year, which will be between her junior and senior year. And they kind of got a, a path, I think, that they kind of put them on. Yeah, if I'm, if I'm answering that question correctly. No, that's awesome. And and as Beth talked about earlier, I mean, getting in and getting that experience can be so helpful because companies nowadays, I mean, yep, grades grades in some cases are all our college students have because they don't have a ton of work experience. So they do look at that at this stage because it's just one of the factors they they can actually tangibly look at. But um, more and more, they're wanting this real life, real world experience. So I think it's great that that she's looking at internships and can get that. Experience experience. So David, thank you so much for giving us a call on Career Talk. Uh, We appreciate it and we wish your daughter all the best of luck. Um, So the show has gone by very quickly, Beth. Um, So as we're as we're wrapping up, can you can you remind people, Beth, where they can learn more about Next Great Step? Sure. They can visit my website at nextgreatstep.com and you can actually download uh, five free tips if you want to learn how to help your grad to land that job right now. And we provide advising in groups and privately to students as well as to universities and helping students to get that job out of school. Well, that's awesome. Thank you so much for your great advice on today's show. We loved having you in studio. And of course, to all of our listeners and callers and Deanna Michelle, who need to go out and watch Star Wars, at least one of the the movies, please, for the for the Love of Han Solo. Go watch that. (laughs) You've been listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 111, and we will see you next time.